Welcome to Self-Discovery Radio, where the discovery of self is just a show away. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of The Story Matters. Today, I am with a very special gentleman who's going to be sharing some wonderful secrets with you, Michael Bradford. I'm your host, Sarah Troy, and you know on this particular channel, I bring extraordinary people who have done extraordinary things in their lives, and their gift is not only to themselves, but what they share with others. So today, it's about intuitive healing. What is intuitive for a start? What is energy healing? How do we use this intuitiveness uh, in our business, in our everyday life? Is it something we separate and compartmentalize? No. Everything is about that beautiful divine energy that's integrated in everything that we do. So we're going to have a better understanding of what it is and how to use it. Now, Michael has been doing this for a very long time. He's worked with some top people around the world, helping them with their businesses, helping them with their practices, helping them with themselves. Tune in ride that beautiful wave of intuition and incorporate it into everything that they do in their lives. He has literally lived around the world. Um, he's now based in uh, the US. He's kind of come home and he's uh, kind of taking a different direction right now, which we're going to discover uh, all about today. So let's hear what it is that he does, how we trust our intuition, how we use it in everything that we do, and how we ride that beautiful wave of a divine energy that can guide us in everything that we do in life. So welcome to the show, Michael. I'm glad to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Oh, my pleasure, my pleasure. And I, literally, I think, you know, maybe a term for you might be a nomad, as you've literally lived kind <laughs> of in one country after the other for so many years. I mean, it's a you know, not necessarily living out of your suitcase, but you never were in one place for very long, were you? Well, Sarah, it's uh, I've been to all 50 states. I've been to 53 different countries, and um, I've been – there's a lot of names uh, for me. One has been Johnny Appleseed because I've been planting seeds uh, all over the world, and there's another term called earthweaver. Ooh, you're, I like that one where you're connecting with the different energies. Um, I mean, I could start off very quickly with a story, if I may. Mm -hmm. Okay, one time when I came back from uh, a six-month trip uh, around the world, in other words, that trip, I was living in London at the time, and then I went to Nepal, uh, Malaysia, Hong Kong, Singapore, Australia, New Zealand, then I came back to the United States. And it, it was very strange because... People said, Michael, you know, we can't read you anymore. We can't see you anymore. And, and they got very concerned. And I got concerned because they got concerned. And then I called a couple of the people that I know, that I trust. And they said, Michael, you left everybody in the dust. You picked up uh, black matter or dark matter energy, which isn't negative. It's just a different form of matter. When I was in Singapore, they said I picked up rainbow snake energy when I was in Australia. And I picked up primordial soup energy uh, when I was in New Zealand. So each area that we go to in the world has its own energy, which can facilitate, help, 
activate and speed up our process, whatever that process may be, whether it's healing, evolving, uh, etc. So I have plenty of those stories too. I have well over 500 stories. So I, I will stay, let you lead. And I <laughs> yes, we don't have time for the whole 500 today, but let's kind of key some key points in here. Um, you know, let's take the, you know, those different energy imprints. It's a great place to start. Um, you know, when you think about like a shaman or a, a wise healer, you know, especially of the, of the days past, uh, they were in one place and people came to them. And I would imagine it is just because they have that energy signature that then they're kind of beaconing out that resonates out to other people and people know to come to them. But when you do think about traveling around and you are picking up those different types of energies, does it have an effect? I mean, you're, you know, you're a pro. You know what to do with these energies. But for somebody who is traveling a lot, take air hostesses and pilots and, you know, people in the, in the forces, does it affect how they interact with life or how they receive their energy information if they are carrying so many energies within them? Well, Sarah, let me start by saying that I'm an empath. And as an empath, and obviously I'm a male, um, I've had menstrual cramps. I've been working on people who were having uh, challenges with their menstrual cycle, and I picked up the pain. Um, So I do appreciate uh, what a woman goes through. Thank you. Not to the full extent, <laughs> however, but and when I was up in Alaska, um, I was drinking iced tea outside of a pub, and I wound up getting a hangover because the people behind me were drunk. Mm. So there are, there are different situations where we're empathic, and what we've learned to do in our society today is pretty well, I don't want to say shut down, but we're so overloaded with stimuluses. Mm that we're not as open, where someone that is out in nature a lot and in in silence a lot, they have a tendency to be much more open, receptive, much more sensitive to their surroundings. And this is what the Native Americans and all the indigenous tribes did. They were hyper, hyper sensitive to everything around them and therefore very intuitive. Um, One of the things that people know is okay you wake up in the morning you take a shower you brush your teeth you do you do certain things to take care of your hygiene however one of the things that really intrigues me and I'd love to put together a group to do this and I'm actually inviting the radio audience if they want to participate is I'd love to create something called energy hygiene so that you learn how to clear off the uh, energies that we pick up in our daily life, especially if we're around people that are angry in a tense situation, uh, competitive situations. Um, So yes, there are things people can do. Uh, It's about focus. It's about healing ourselves internally so we do not have the triggers. And uh, to pay attention to what we're feeling and to differentiate whether it's ours or not ours. One of the things that I've said a lot is I'm very sensitive. So there's times when I pick up things or a feeling and I'm sitting there going, wait a minute, what's going on here? So what I've done is establish a group of friends where you you can do it with three, four friends. And when you're feeling, let's say, uh, frustrated or down or down, and you can call your friends and say, okay, how are you doing today? 
without telling them how you're going doing. And at that point, if everybody in the group is feeling frustrated and down or the same type of energy, what you know, it's more planetary than it is personal. Mm -hmm. If you're the only one in the group that's feeling this, then uh, you know it's personal. And before a um, any type of catastrophe, war, uh, bombing, uh, tidal wave, anything that goes on on the planet, a lot of sensitive people will pick it up and react to it. And, you know, they won't understand why they have a severe headache, why they're, they're feeling uh, nauseated. So this is very important to understand what is ours, what isn't ours, um, and how to deal with that. It's very important. I mean, you know, you've got caregivers that are dealing with people in high stress all the time. Um, you know, you've got industries that demand so much from people. Uh, they don't know how to pace them. It's just demand, demand. Um, I'm an intuitive as well and a sensitive. And uh, one of the reasons I actually had to kind of give up helping people one-on-one -on -one is because um, I didn't seem to have that, that barrier to protect myself very well. And I felt everything. And, uh, you know, I could be in a coffee shop and feel someone's pain and, um, and most certainly n uh, the planetary, what's going on. Like just over the new year, there was a shift going on there and the heaviness. And I spoke to a few other intuitives and they were saying, yeah, there's this global thing going on all the time and it's just pulling everybody down, you know, kind of part of that ready to launch into a new era. Um, but it's we are so affected by... Um, those energies that are around us, and of course we don't understand them, so we react it kind of, I don't know, maybe a knee-jerk or, or just react, and we don't really know what we're reacting to. I'd also like to add another thing to that, and, and Sarah, I totally agree with what you said, and I appreciate you sharing. Part of what we're doing is actually uh, grounding that energy. In other words, if you take lightning, you'll have uh, a lightning rod that'll ground that energy. Um, we're a number of people on the planet, should I say people that are conscious and working for the light, we are actually transmuting that negativity. And I, I want to tell you a quick story. I was with a major organization uh, that did motivation um, and uh, personal development. And there was a woman that I, w I was speaking to their group, and there was a woman there who said, Michael, can you help me? She said, I want to be a trainer, but I can't be a trainer because I'm so sensitive that I can't, uh, it, it, it overloads me. Mm -hmm. And I said, can I measure, do I have permission to work with you? Because I asked that of everybody. And she said, yes, please. I checked her auric field. Normally an auric field will be out anywhere from a couple of feet to maybe maximum of six feet. That's about normal for someone's energy field. This woman's energy field was out you know, 50, 100 feet from her body. So she was very open, she was very sensitive, she was very caring, she was very nurturing, but she didn't understand how to work with her energy field. And I said, imagine you have a straw in your mouth. And I said, and as you're breathing in, you're breathing in your energy field. You're telling it to come in. Well, the woman, uh, after about two, three minutes of doing this, and then I had her zip herself up in a lycra skin-type tight suit, um, 
she felt amazing. It looked like she grew three to six inches taller. Her energy was much more solid. And then the outside energy, other people's energy, did not affect her. So there, there are many, many things. One, one of the things I've been fortunate with, I've worked with over 30,000 people all over the world in many, many different cultures. And I've had the opportunity to uh, be around, watch, participate in uh, ceremony with hundreds and hundreds of shamans, psychics, medicine people, etc. And observing how each one does it their own way. And yet there's still underlying threads that hold it all together. The way they express it, the way they approach it is different, but the essence is the same. So yeah, actually, I'd like to uh, to address that because um, I've I've interviewed some people where that they've been in in that kind of shamanic zone, you know, with what they've written, with what they've done, and then later on, I've had them back where they've then taken. Um, almost that intimacy of their energy I- into a broader spectrum um, and then all of a sudden I find that energy shift is so completely different that I don't I can hardly recognize the signature of that person that was there before is that something we have to be very mindful of that we don't change that energy core signature too much well yes and no <laughs> okay um, let me approach it this way we have a soul frequency and a soul vibration. That soul frequency and vibration is our essence. We have soul affiliations. In other words, I come from outer space, so I'm ET, extraterrestrial, and Native American. Those are my soul affiliations. Mm-hmm. If I have experiences that empower and enforce those energies, and amplify them, I'm heading in the right direction. I'm heading towards soul. If I have other energies that I wind up taking on, there are possibilities of them taking me in the direction of ego and personality or power or other things that are not in alignment with my soul's essence and my commitment for learning this lifetime. So one of the, the, and you brought up an excellent point, I've been probably facing, I would say, about a dozen dimensional doorways this lifetime. And a dimensional doorway is a massive energy shift. In those cases, because I know the, um, the challenge with getting it wrong or going through a dark dimensional doorway or one that is negative, I've been extremely cautious in working with shamans, healers, medicine people. Well, I'm even cautious working with doctors. If they're not conscious, I don't want to work with them. Mm -hmm. So it's very, very important that the people we work with have the highest integrity level and the energy that comes through them comes from the right place. I will uh, share something here which I normally don't talk about, but I will only work with those energies on the master level of the white light or higher. I actually have a filter that I work with. So I don't care how strong the energies are, what they promise me, what they promise to do. I say thank you, but no thank you, because my commitment is only working on the highest levels of the people that I meet that do energy work, healing work, chiropractic work, cranial sacral, whatever the form of healing they do, uh, 
I check on the energy and I ask, is it in my highest and best interest to work with this person? Are they working with a level of integrity that feels good to me and is right for me? And that's one of the reasons, Sarah, that I was so excited about meeting you is because you are one of those people that has a very high integrity level. Um, it's, I will say it's been a, a struggle not to stay in it, um, but uh, most certainly the, you know, the, the earthly pull. From, you know, like you, I'm an ET. Um, I'm from all the thousands of years ago that I first came here, I came here to teach soul, um, to teach spirit and how to live in honor of that. Um, and I know through the lifetimes I've done that and then obviously off, t off track for a few lifetimes um, and then th I've come back to my purpose this lifetime and uh, that honor of that integrity of my purpose and my calling is very very important to me and I have compromised it in the past and all it did was but Sarah we all yeah exactly it's part of the learning curve but it's when you do get into that integrity when you do get into that space there is nothing you're going to do to jeopardize that because you're now completely in purpose uh, and to do so you know would would do completely dilute the purpose for which you were here and so um yeah you have to honor you know what your your meaningful purpose is when you find out what it is and honor that to its core because that's where you, the divine energy supports you absolutely it's it's very interesting. I'd like to give a an, an example. An airplane rocket ship is off target ninety nine point nine 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 percent of the time. The only reason why an airplane lead lands at the proper airport is because it's constantly making course corrections. Mm -hmm. And what I'd like to say to to everyone, and, and I hope this goes out to the entire universe. Perfection is not the goal. Thank you. <laughs> it's doing the best you can and making the course corrections. Oh, I made that mistake. Don't want to do that one again. Mm -hmm. However, if we get caught in beating ourselves up, blaming, shaming ourselves, mm -hmm. feeling guilty, um, there, it, it takes us, it, it diminishes our light. Um, there, there's so many things that I want to say just about that, that subject alone. The Earth is, does, okay, slow down, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, so much your earthly thoughts so you can trust me. <laughs> it's, like, it's like I've got a jam up upstairs because they all want to talk. Right, exactly. <laughs> um, there are no victims on planet Earth. There might be reluctant volunteers, but there are no victims because we all choose the lessons. We all choose it to learn and prove that we can master it. And sometimes it's very challenging to say, I created that. <laughs> I wouldn't do that. Or um, So there's a lot of compassion. There's a lot of gentleness, a lot of understanding, forgiveness, um, gratitude that, that comes into play. My forte, I'm a breakthrough specialist. In other words, I don't do long-term maintenance. I don't do a lot of long-term support. I can with key individuals that want to keep learning, changing, and growing. My expertise is working with conscious entrepreneurs and spiritual seekers. I call them finders. 
mm-hmm. um, that really want to advance quickly, whether they're in business, uh, whatever the, their, their profession is. Um, and that's my forte is to identify, look at a person, look at their energy, be it on the phone, Skype, identify what is the single most important thing that will give them a massive breakthrough and then help them to move. And what I've learned, and this sounds so strange, whether you're dealing with um, lack of self-confidence or you're dealing with a life-threatening illness, it's basically very similar in working with it. In fact, one of the things that we talked about uh, earlier is I'm going to offer people here a, uh, I don't know if it's a five or seven page PDF that is talks about facilitating miracle healings. And a miracle healing is the same as a miracle breakthrough, um, creating financial abundance, finding the relationship you want, whatever it is you're looking for, it's all an energy system. And it doesn't matter where you start and where you end. If you make the commitment to shift, all areas of your life will improve. Yeah. It's, it's inviting uh, those good vibrations, isn't it? Um, you know, the, uh, when you look at the wind, when you look at energy, you look at uh, you know, the fiber optics, everything, it's constantly moving um, and dancing along you know, with, the, with, the, with the vibrations of life. And we've become so rigid in our thinking and our actions and so linear um, that we, we're the ones that are restricting ourselves um, from being able to, you know, go with the flow and, you know, live in the now and understand what it is in this very moment that you need to do and that you know. Because if you take care of this moment, it's taking care of the seeding and the possibility of the next moment. But if you're not willing to kind of, you know, dance along uh, to, you know, wonderful cosmic vibration music, um, we're going to get stuck. And when we get stuck, that's when the mental and the physical start seizing up because of all the blockages that are now within us, the restrictions. You're absolutely correct. I've spoken to quite a few law of attraction groups around the world and other groups that are very much interested in manifesting and creating uh, positive things in their life. The challenge is a lot of people invite and there's different ways of inviting some that are um, much, much better than others. And the other part of that is allowing, because a lot of people will invite, but something in the inside of them, an unconscious thought, attitude, belief system, shock or trauma, will keep them from allowing it to actually manifest. So they get one part of it down, but if you don't get the whole system down, it, it, wherever the weakest link is, that's what's sabotaging the person. But the good news and the good news is it is easy to track that for a person like myself to track that energy and within a couple of seconds or minutes identify what it is. And the interesting part, Sarah, is I don't send healing energy anymore. I used to. What I'm doing now is observing where the person made a choice or a decision to um, limit themselves. I can see that whether it's this lifetime or another lifetime on earth or off earth. And I just ask them, does this still serve them? Mm -hmm. And then I watch what they do with that energy. 
And again, you know, whether it's a, an entrepreneur or someone suffering from a life-threatening illness or um, a child that's, that's having a challenge, whatever it is, I do it the same way. I, I just want to share, there's a, a story I want to share about um, a couple who uh, I knew the man through a business connection and he said, Michael, my wife has had, you know, two, three miscarriages and she's pregnant again and we're really concerned and instantly I got, you got to come see me for a session. And they did. And both of them had been sexually abused as a child. And both of them had a belief system that they would not allow a child to come into the earth unless they could guarantee that that child would be safe and not be abused. Mm -hmm. And what I worked with them on was the fact that that child has its own karma, its own destiny, and all they could do is do their best, and that that child, they had to trust the ch themselves that they would be okay, the child would be okay, and whatever the outcome was, would be okay as long as they just did their best that was more than enough well they have a healthy child now thank God mm -hmm. and this is the type of thing um, one other story there was a, a a woman who came to me well-dressed and she was talking about herself and and what she was doing I kept on getting to ask her questions about her husband I finally said can I ask you some questions about your husband and she said okay and I said, tell me about his business. And she said he was in business with a couple of other um, people in a real estate company. And I said, I'm getting he needs to be careful. He needs to cover his backside. And she laughed at me and said, these are high school friends of his. And she said, Michael, you don't know what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. Well, a month later, she calls me back and said, I should have listened because the other two people ganged up on him, pushed him out of the company, and he lost everything. So, again, not paying attention to the signs of life, is it? You know, they're there for a reason. What, what's interesting is there is so much information. It's like right now between radio waves, TV waves, mm. uh, telephone waves. There's so many waves in the universe. And the, the, the challenge is which one are you tuning into? Yeah. And all I'm doing is I am saying in a good and sacred way, how can I serve this person? What does this person need at this point in time? What is the single greatest thing that I can help them with, gift them with, that'll help them on their journey to make it easier and bring them into alignment with their soul, with their spirit, their higher self? Go on. That, well, that's the point, isn't it? It's, that's the, you know, when we actually do find that path, you know, that meaningful purpose, that that signature. Um, you know, you do become more choosy and selective of what is around you, what energies are around you. And I find that people that actually do kind of embrace more that light, more that purity, simplify their lives greatly. Um, you know, filter out particular type of friends or even family, uh, change jobs to something that is more meaningful. Uh, just choose a path that uh, has more of a fluidity in energy flow and uh, less need of those other stimulus which at the present moment are substituting that lack of that beautiful divine energy connection. You've just um, hit on something that's extremely important. Um, when I look at a person, I see their essence, I see their blueprint, I see their perfection, I see their potential. 
And one of the hardest things for me to do was to realize that there are people who may not want to be at their full potential, <laughs> and I allowed myself to believe that if I put in the time, the energy, the effort, that it would make it work. And what I've realized is to find the people. Um, I had a guy, uh, I'll say it a different way, I had a, one of the gentlemen at my workshops who was supporting uh, over in England, and every once in a while he'd yell out, horse water, and then I'd be working with someone else, he'd yell out, horse water, and finally everyone in the group just turned to him and said, what are you getting on about? And he said, well, you can lead a horse to water. You can't make a drink. Michael, right. this person is not committed. They're not interested. They're playing with the energy. Mm -hmm. They're in resistance. Work with someone that cares. And this is, this is where I'm, I'm looking for is for people, um, whether it's coaching, mentoring, uh, whether it's individual healing sessions, people that really, really desire, want, and are committed to their spiritual growth. And part of the challenge is a lot of those people will say, well, I'm not committed enough. I could be more committed. Well, and you've got to be participatory. You have to participate in absolutely. it. Absolutely. You know, it's be not a question of going to you and you kind of waving a magic wand and then them going out and everything is fixed. It, it, you are in a beautiful toolkit and you're showing them how to use those tools in their own lives. Precisely. And you're, Precisely. The, you're the cheerleader and the encourager and the nurturer and the shoulder. Um, but if they're not willing to step up and participate in their own lives and participate in their own healing and participate in their own glory of what they're here to do, then you can't do anything. I quite agree with him. Show them the water, but they're refusing to drink. There is nothing you can do until either they're ready or maybe this is their lifetime. That, that you know they're not ready maybe they have to come back a couple more lifetimes before they are but we have to work and this is something unlike you I used to try and save people and uh, I would spend months and months and months on people trying to pull them out of the mud and I'd get them out kind of have them washed off now let's move forward and they'll turn and go right back in again and it drained me totally and utterly drained me because I was pouring all my energy into them and then he took somebody tapping me on the shoulder and saying, Sarah, what the hell are you doing? This person doesn't want to be saved. They're just using your energy to feed their discomfort. And they're comfortable in their discomfort. It's one of my biggest learnings too, Sarah. Yeah. <laughs> it took us a little while, didn't it? <laughs> Sarah, you know, here's the challenge. People like us and a lot of the listeners, they mean well, they want to do well. Yes. And you have to find, you don't have to, but you know, there's an old story, you can't help an alcoholic or a drug addict until they bottom out, until they really want the help. I'd, I'd like to tell you a couple of stories. Number one, um, in my workshops, um, and that's one of the things I love to do is, is small personal workshops, maximum of 20 people. And I've figured out a way to break codependency in one weekend mm, and so the, the workshops right are pardon that's a magic bullet right there so so part of it is working with people intensely 
for two days. In a group of 20, I can work with everyone over and over and over and over and over again. So I really love to do that because that's when you get your maximum shift. Um, and excuse me, I'm going to put a plug in. If there's anyone um, of the radio listeners that's interested in bringing me into your area, I would love to do that. That's one. I've just returned to the United States after being overseas for 20 years, so I'm I'm just starting out again here in the United States. The other story I would like to tell you is of a someone that called me up. He was in his early 20s, and he said, Michael, um, I'm hooked on uh, hard drugs and alcohol. I'm in my early 20s, and I'm really scared. And I said, um, are you still using? And he said, yes. Well, normally my guides and teachers will not allow me to see someone that's still using. But for whatever reason, they said, yes, you should see this person. And I said, okay, uh, I'm being told to see you. And he said, I'll be right over. And I said, no, you won't. Uh, I said, the soonest I can see you is two days from now at nine in the morning. So he said, okay, I'll be there. So he shows up nine o'clock in the morning on hard drugs and drunk driving at nine o'clock in the morning. Yeah. And again, I wouldn't, wasn't going to see him. My guides told me to see him. So I came in, I worked with a guy for an hour, and um, he was pretty, he said, his doctor said if he came off cold turkey, he would die. He might die. And I, my guides came through and said, that's the only way he's going to do it. And I said, I can't, I'm not a doctor, I can't tell you what to do, but it's up to you what you, what you want to do. And he said, okay, let's go for it. So he, we did the session, it was about an hour, he left. And about a week and a half, two weeks later, I'm getting all these phone calls. What'd you do to the guy? What'd you do to the guy? And I said, you know, what do you mean? Well, he's clean and sober, and his whole life turned around. There's more to the story because a year later, I was in London giving a presentation, and he came up to me, and he said, Michael, do you remember me? And I said, no, I don't remember people. I just, I'm in another altered state when I'm working. And uh, he reminded me who he was, and I when I was giving my talk, I brought him up on stage to acknowledge him. Well, a week later, two weeks later, I get more phone calls. But this time, he hates my guts, and he's, he's angry, and he's furious at me. So I called him up, and I said, what's going on? He said, you're to blame. And I said, what do you mean? He said, I'm back on drugs and alcohol. I said, why are you blaming me? He said, because I thought you were a god who waved a magic wand over my head and cured me. He said, I'm not strong enough to come off got, uh, drugs and alcohol by myself. But you did. <laughs> he did. You're right. <laughs> I mean, this is, you know, the evidence is there. You, you, you only saw him once. And it, that choice after that was his. You know, Precisely. you gave him the right energy to make that choice. And then, but this is actually kind of, you've hit on a very important point here. There are so many people out there in the world of spiritual healing shamanism etc and because of human nature to pedestal somebody is you know very very um you know happens a great deal and we have to be very careful um because when we put that person on that pedestal if they're in a human body that ego is going to come out it's going to take an awful lot of energy for that ego not to come out but we also have to look at that shaman or that healer is a conduit for the beautiful divine energy, that universal source to come through. 
And so if you're wanting to worship something, worship the beautiful universe and the gift that it's given to these people in order to help you on the human level. Um, we have to be very, very careful with that, don't we? Both the person that's been put on the pedestal, but also in looking at these people and putting them on a pedestal and demanding more from them than, than what they're humanly able to give. Sarah, um, one of the things I tell people, I say, look, I'm not that smart. I just made a lot of mistakes I don't want to make again. Mm-hmm. So, um, and, you know, how the heck can I have all this knowledge and wisdom? It is my guides, my teachers, yes. it's, it's those beings, that team that's working with me. It's and, your knowingness, that knowingness that you have in correct. that moment. You listen to your divine intellect coming from the universe. It resonated with your heart and understanding. It was given to your spirit to articulate and act on, and your mind knew what it needed to know at the time you needed to know it. That is knowingness, and that is that, that beautiful entunement with the universe. And that's how you know what you know when you need to know it. But I bet in the next moment you don't remember what it is you knew in the last moment, when, especially when <laughs> you're, you're in a session, right? Yeah, people say, can you repeat that? I say, I can't, no. what? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I hope you recorded that because I can't. I'm in a zone. I'm in a flow. <laughs> <you're right. laughs> I don't remember what I say. I don't remember what I do after a workshop. Mm -hmm. Actually, after a workshop, I actually come down. I can feel my energy shifting and there's times when I've said, okay, I'm in spiritual Michael now, and then I come back in a human Michael. They're, they're blending more and more together all the time. But when we go up to these higher levels of consciousness, when we go up to these other dimensions, um, it is, it's very, very amazing. And we can all do it. it it's just a matter of knowing. It's uh, like the article that I wrote on facilitating miracle healings. There are, I don't know, 20 keys that will help people to understand um, how to shift things. It, it's like when I have someone that comes to me, let's say with cancer, I do not see the cancer. I do not use that word. I just see the person as healthy, whole, and complete. Um, I just, my record on working with someone, um, there was a gentleman in Malaysia. Uh, who I met was in his late 40s and I made a comment in my workshop and I said I've never seen an allergy that was real and the guy starts screaming at me and everything else and I had him stand up 34 seconds later he was gone forever mm -hmm. so understanding and be able to see what the link is yes. he was linked to a past life be able to see what was going on and be able to bring the person's attention to that pinpoint of decision-making where he could make another decision and a lifelong, life-threatening allergy just melted away instantaneously. And I don't so, think people, you know, understand that, that, that is, it is, it's, it's kind of a DNA signature, isn't it? I, I had 152 lifetimes removed from me. It was a pattern I'd lived for 152 lifetimes. And it didn't matter how much I could intellectualize it or try and break through it spiritually. Until that blockage was removed, there was nothing else I could do. And I found somebody, by chance, by universe, who managed to do that. And she took away that, uh, that imposition that had been placed on me that I was not worthy. I just simply was not worthy. And with removing that, it was all of a sudden I'm no longer those 152 lifetimes of unworthiness. I'm a newborn. 
with Absolutely. A, with a discovery of what my life can be my choice to make. And, you know, it, it's so empowering because that's where that free will is, right? You know, Absolutely. These are, I'm going to have reactions. I'm going to make some bad choices, but that's okay. They're all learning and they're all going to lead me to really where I need to go. But follow the heart, follow the soul, follow the spirit because it will lead you right. Just keep breathing and keep walking. Yeah. And, do, and always do your best and always stop and say, okay, what did I learn from this? What could I have done different? What could I have done better? And with, with all the time being kind and gentle to yourself, yeah, the same way you would be with a young child or an animal. Yes. Most people are much more uh, kind and gentle to an animal or the flowers or, than they are to themselves. Yes. Yeah, and, and you know, I keep harping on about good vibrations, you know, Beach Boys song, I love it. Um, but, you know, it is that, isn't it? You know, if, if you're vibrating within yourself in a sense of anger or, or you know, self-disappointment or you're putting yourself down, and that's going to riddle through your whole psyche and your whole body. And it brings on a, a, an unruly stress, and then that starts affecting your body. Um, and it's a vicious cycle. And if we just, as you said, be, we're kinder to oneself. Uh, give yourself a break, you know, tune in, pay attention to those signs within you and around you. You'll actually start understanding what is what, what is your purpose here. Because that's, that's what it's all about, right? What is your purpose here? And what I was talking about, energy hygiene. Yeah. Again, you've got it mentally, physically, emotionally, and spiritually. Um, so when we are more conscious of our how we treat ourselves, how we talk to ourselves, our languaging, this is all part of it. Um, and that goes you know, for it, thoughts as well. People think it's just physically absolutely. speaking, but your thoughts are the first, they're the seed. Absolutely. And, and, and the thoughts, um, I listen to someone's languaging and I could tell pretty quickly what how successful they are and how happy they are because some people say I can't this is impossible it will never work I'll try um, you know just their languaging will, will indicate their self-sabotage patterns and their level of willingness to be happy and successful the, the the interesting part is when we change our frequency vibration as we shift we start attracting better people, mm -hmm. uh, healthier people, healthier situations, and I call it a spiral. As we spiral up, because there's many levels to the learning, as we spiral up, we increase our frequency vibration. We um, no longer attract negativity. We're attracting much more positive opportunities, and they become easier, quicker, faster um, all the time and it's a constant upgrading so again life is a journey it's not a destination and a lot of us say okay I want to hurry up and get there well you it's 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 a never-ending story it's something that continues and when you meet people along the way who are uh, as you said cheerleaders um, way showers um, and they have certain talents and gifts, and of course they are also learning. I don't care who the people are, 
they're still learning. I've been with the psychic surgeons from the Philippines, Native American medicine people, Canadian medicine people, an Eskimo uh, shaman healer. Uh, I've been working with the Peruvian shamans, the Egyptian uh, energies, uh, the psychic surgeons from the Philippines. So I, I've worked with so many different groups, the Maoris in New Zealand, and each one has another energy, another gift for you. Um, there are certain people that are travelers. I'm uh, spirit. Uh, certain people that are travelers, like myself. And then what I was told is when the earth starts shaking, I will be stable and other people will be moving. I will be holding the energy. But certain ones of us have dedicated our life to traveling around the world to gathering information that many other people would not normally be able to gather because they have to work. Right. Uh, people say, Michael, you're so lucky. And I say, yeah, I'm lucky. All I had to give up was a family, uh, a wife, children, a house, animals, security, um, a corporate job, on and on and on. Um, I gave all those things up in order to travel and serve. Um, and, and one of the things I also want to say, Sarah, I didn't start out to become a healer. I went for my own healing. Mm -hmm. And um, I came back to the planet this lifetime to heal my emotions. My mental body was strong. My physical body was strong. My spiritual body was strong. But in other times and places, I saw the light and went for it and left my emotional body behind. So I had to come back and <laughs> learn about emotions this lifetime. And I went, ah, give me something easy. <laughs> I hear you. Um, so, so we're all learning. And um, anyone who says they're not learning, they know it all, um, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't go along with that. And, you know, the whole point of it is, you know, um, the, even the so-called destination, you know, like when finally your day comes and you end in this body, it's just a new journey. Uh, you know, in, in in another zone, you know, or maybe being reborn again, or maybe just on a different dimension. Um, but your energy, your DNA, and your signature, and all that you've learnt at this time is in that DNA computer, uh, and it just goes on and on and on, either fed back into the universe or comes back to Earth in another body form. Um, you know, we don't. We're a continuum. It is only these bodies that have a you know have a a life shelf. Um, Absolutely. And, you know, what we do with it in this time, you know, is we've been given a gift of the body. Let's look at the spirit and what we can do in spirit. But look at the gift that we've been given when we put spirit and body together. The touch, the taste, the feel, the sight, uh, you know, the whole envelopment. You know, it is so absolutely beautiful. And if we heightened those senses to appreciate what we see, what we touch, what we taste, what we feel and understand what a divine gift it is to have this beautiful spiritual energy within our body and live in partnership with it, we actually truly understand what our earthly purpose is. I absolutely totally agree with you. And I find it interesting that we come to Earth to learn this and there are also pathways of learning, especially in the past, where everything was total abstinence, where you didn't touch, you didn't mm. talk, you didn't feel, you didn't connect, and you isolated. So for me, um, I follow, there, there's a number of forms of spirituality. One is total indulgence, the other one's total denial or abstinence, 
And for me, it's more the middle path, which uh, Buddhism more uh, accentuates. Um, and it's about living in balance and honoring all that is. In other words, um, being respectful, being appreciative. Um, there's, a, there's something else that wants to come through. I believe that there are 10 laws of spirituality, and if you get any of these laws wrong, you're in trouble. The first law is discernment. The second law is discernment. The third law is discernment. Do you see a pattern here? <laughs> so it's about us paying attention and being responsible and making good decisions. And again, I don't believe that there are mistakes. I don't believe that you can get it wrong. It's just about, do you want to make a better choice next time? What What have you learned from this? And um, I am learning all the time. And I watch children and I watch animals and I watch nature. Um, and I'm doing my best all the time to just listen, tune in, feel, um, and as we're talking here, I'm constantly connecting upstairs to my guides, my teachers, my higher self. I'm doing my best to constantly connect to my heart. And listening to what you're saying and what you're not saying, but you're also thinking about or sensing, and what the listening audience would like to hear, wants to hear, needs to hear to help them on their journey. So this multi-dimensional connection um, is about serving. It's about going to a place within that says, okay, I'm just relaxed in the moment. I'm in the flow. I'm in the river. Where's the river taking me? Where does a river need to go to serve humanity? Mm-hmm. I want to go back to something. Go ahead. <laughs> You've given your life to this service, to helping humankind to embrace uh, their beautiful divine self. And, you know, now it's your time. It's your time to know that love, that connection, that that sense of family. Um, and it's this, I think, is something people need to understand, that there are people out there like you who have paved the way energetically, understandingly, um, connectively, you know, in your teachings and everything that you've done. By going around the world, you've kind of built this beautiful, you know, matrix of energy connection that has formed its own, um, its own energy source. Um, you've made that sacrifice, f uh, sacrifice for humankind. And, you know, I believe now that it's your turn to know, you know, that, that love, that connection, somebody for you. But that also doesn't mean for everybody else out there that when you make that divine connection, that it means sacrificing love or sacrificing family. It means enhancing that love within Absolutely. your family, your children, your work, your friends, your collaboration, your community. It means being more abundant in your spirit, in your divine self, in your beautiful purpose. It means being full so that your cup runneth over 
and it exudes that divine energy out onto everybody else. It means being collaborative. It means being uh, that beacon of light for other people. The more you are, the more you serve. Absolutely, and and see, this is this is one of the challenges with uh, organized religion. A lot of them say sacrifice, sacrifice, yeah. sacrifice, and what you said was so absolutely what I call right on is you talked about the overflow from the cup. You have mm -hmm. to have your cup filled. And whether you're on an airplane and the oxygen masks yeah. drop down, they say put your mask on first. You can't help anyone until you help yourself. And what I've really realized is you're a better teacher by being the role model and never saying anything then if you went out there and told everyone how to do it, you know what you were saying, but you didn't do it yourself. Inspiration so, for invitation. Absolutely. And, you know, when you said it's time for me, I had tears in my eyes because um, there was a, a time when I spoke to a woman on, on the phone and she said, or I, I met this woman, she said, Michael, you don't have a big fancy car, you don't have a big home, you don't have a lot of money in the bank, da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. She said, you know, you're a failure. And I, I, I took it very personal and I got off. And about a week later, I, I wrote her an email and I said, you know, you're absolutely right. What I can't take with me to the next life, I don't have a lot of. I said, but the learnings, the traveling, the people I've met, the things I've seen, the, the learnings I've got, everything that I have on that level, I can take with me on my so with within my soul to the next level. And I'm not, you know, I do have a car and I do have a place to live and, and I'm okay. Um, but some people, uh, and I used to run companies and corporations, so I've had all the high status and everything else. Um, but it depends on what your motivation is and what um, what gives you joy? My dream is to, is to have a healing center, a cutting-edge healing center, uh, the best in the world. And I knew Eileen Caddy from Finhorn. She endorsed my book. Um, I've been to Finhorn. They, they've published both my books. And I've been to a lot of the other centers. And I would love to, to put together a cutting-edge healing center that also has an animal rescue center as part of it. Oh, yes. And, you know, the divine partner, um, it's on its way, and when it gets here, I'll know it. And um, the, the, the whole idea for me is to attract and be part of a co-creative, collaborative group, team, uh, whether it's a company organization, and I've worked on the board of directors of a number of charities. I've been on, I've worked for and helped some of the richest people on the planet to um, organize their company better and to uh, create more harmony. I've worked with professional sports players, so I've worked with a lot of different, different, in different areas. And when you've got the right people that you're working with. It's fun. It's easy. Yes. It's um, it's joyful. Um, but you know, there's something else I want to say here. Going back a little bit to the comment that of the woman said, um, I'm in the same boat. Um, actually, I don't have a car, but <laughs> I don't have that. But you know, I am what people would look at as living on the poverty line. Uh, and yes, of course, I want to improve that. 
but I feel such an enriched person for the work that I do, for interviewing people like you that are out there seeding energetically and changing this planet for the embedment of mankind, for the embedment of the universe. I feel so abundant in my purpose, in my service, so enriched that no amount of money could ever buy that. But that doesn't mean they haven't got the invitation out there for that security, as you said, for that connection, for that that human thing. And I think people have got to stop looking at people, at their bank accounts. I did an article on this the other day. Your worth is in your integrity, in your soul, in your purpose, in your character, in your in your person. It's not your bank account. It's not your wallet. It's not the status. You know, and until we change that way of thinking, we're never going to grow. Sarah, I'm getting chills all in my body, so I, there's something that's coming through that wants to be said. One of the um, the sayings when you're with the Native Americans, especially the Ogallala Sioux, the Ojibwe, and that is Omnitakwiasen, which means all my relations. It means we're all one. Mm -hmm. Whether it's human, whether it's plant, whether it's animal, whether it's a candle, whatever it is, they're all my relatives, and I treat them with respect. And Sarah, I've talked to you before about this, and even now, I see seven income streams for you to bring you the abundance uh, way beyond anything that you can ever spend this lifetime. And it's about all of us being open, receptive, and supporting mm -hmm. each other to open those pathways and to know, see, we some of us have had lifetimes where we had the abundance and it took charge of us or right, our ego. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. So we, we don't want to touch it. We go, I, I don't want to go there again because I may misuse my power. But, you know, when you fall off a horse or a child falls off a horse, the first thing you want to do is get that kid back on the horse. Mm -hmm. A kid falls off a bicycle, the first thing you want to do is get the kid back on a bicycle. But the challenge is with people that are sensitive and they care, they fall off the bicycle and they don't want to ever get it wrong again. So they never go back to the bicycle. And it's really critical that we understand that and we face that and we master that. And then we are free. We are free. We're masters over our destiny. We're masters over our life. We're master over our circumstances. Don't dictate. Invite. Be open to whatever is going to come. Possibilities create opportunities. All you need to do is put out the way you want to feel. Uh, yes. What you want to achieve in, in your own work in life and allow those channels to be open and recognize the signs when they're tapping you on the shoulder. Sarah, that's absolutely totally true. And um, I would love to have people like myself around to be able to spot where the blockages are so we can put some grease, oil, um, WD-40 on it to <laughs> loosen it up and let it flow easier. Yes. And so all, all the wishing and wanting, yes, that creates a drive. However, when you have people like myself, like others that are talented and committed helping you, then your move it's much much easier to move it's much more harmonious and it's much more gentle and kind 
Um, and there's some people that say, I've got to do it all by myself, and that's it. And so God bless them. And there's other people that say, you know, I want a coach. I want a mentor. I want someone that's been there, that's traveled this road ahead of me. And ha- for so that they can be forewarned of the challenges and they could be more effective. In other words, if you're starting, um, um, I was on the board of directors of an AIDS center in the World Federation of Healing, and there were obstacles, there were challenges that they had. Well, because there were people on the board that had the healing ability and the intuitive ability, the insight, we could identify challenges. Now, I'm not saying that that always means that someone's going to be successful. However, it does greatly help. Um, Let's say um, I've worked with real estate investors, and they would just call me up and say, is this a good house, yes or no? And I would tell them on the phone, "With that's all the information I needed. You know, what's the address of the house? And I, I would be able to tell them I didn't need any more information. So I believe... Yes, it's about having our drive. It's about having our commitment. It's about having our intention. It's about the law of attraction. It's about all these other things. However, it also helps. It's like the person that cleared, what, 152 lifetimes from you. Those people who have those skills, like myself, are very, very important. And God forbid someone has a child that's sick or a loved one that's sick, um, and um, I, I, I don't want to just rely on intention. I would like to get the best, ta- most talented people to help me and help my loved ones. You know, this is the reason why I do the shows that I do. You know, we've got over 1,400 shows on the station now. And that means 1,400 um, beautiful nuggets of information and people out there with beautiful tools and programs and services that are out there to help people and all it is is listening in and finding that person that you connect with uh, because there isn't a one size that fits all it's finding that someone that you resonate with and you know that you can trust right and then when you find that person just laying that trust there and following that path because they have been chosen to do the work that they do so trust it open up to it let let it in and you will find how much it changes everything. But if your mind is constantly in the way, prove it. I don't know if I believe in this or I'm, you know, who do you think you are? Then you're not going to be able to be helped. You have to get out of the brain, out of the mind altogether and feel it with the heart, the soul and the spirit. Make that connection there and trust it. And when you do, though all those answers that you didn't even know you had a question to are going to be answered. So I want to give the audience a a couple of gifts. Um, My ex-wife was a brilliant, or is a brilliant channel, and her guides came through one time when we were having some challenges, um, and they said, do the opposite of what your ego and personality is telling you to do. If you want to really break, break free, do the opposite. So in other words, when you want to run away, get closer. Mm. do the opposite of what your natural instinct is and that'll break the ego fear and one of the the things also I wanted to say was obviously I'm a male well there's there's a lot of women who have been um, hurt in one way or another by a man 
And one of the ways that a woman can heal, if she wants to really take that risk, is work with a man like myself and allow a man to support her, allow a man to um, help her to clear. Um, if if a, you can break patterns so quickly when you face them and you look them in, in, in the eye. I actually, um, one day when I was waking up, both of my parents died of cancer. Mom died at age 47, dad died at age 65, and I've outlived both of them. One morning I actually woke up and cancer was right there, the face of cancer, like a human face, and it said, you can die now. And I went, no, thank you. <laughs> and that was it, and it yeah. went away. Yeah. Um, when we face our fears, when we really come up against it, um, we can dissolve it very quickly. And it takes courage, though. It takes a lot of courage. I also think it's it's understanding that the reaction or what somebody else did to you on a certain level you invited, you know, um, you know, with my ex, uh, you know, it was a very tumultuous relationship. I mean, we really shouldn't have ever got together, except we have three beautiful children, which was our gift, uh, you know, to us. But it, it is, I was not a whole person. I was an, an intuitive and an empath that felt everything. You know, I'm trying to help him, you know, heal him. And because I was so sensitive, you know, you know, I was to say, I allowed him to do to me what he did because I didn't have any self-worth. So he treated me with somebody with no self-worth. The fact that he put the boots on and, you know, emotionally kicked me, that onus is on him. And whenever you're looking at something that's being done to you, as you say, there's no victims. We have to look at these were choices we subconsciously made. And when we consciously understand those choices and where they come from, the root, the seed of where they come from, we now can actually let that go and allow that healing to happen, which can actually heal a past relationship. Doesn't mean you're going to be best buddies again, but at least forgiveness is there and you can let those things go. See, I see about 12 lifetimes between the two of you as you're talking. Um, I'd like to tell you a, a, a quick story. Um, I don't remember where I was giving the talk. I think it was in England. And uh, I was giving a talk, and this woman's uh, crying about her grandson being uh, just this little baby that's been so badly sexually abused. And oh. she's crying. And she, you know, she kept on interrupting uh, the talk and how it's such a sin and how bad it is. And finally, Without even knowing, I turned around and I said, yeah, and you should have seen when he was a priest in another lifetime and how many kids he sexually abused. And it just, it shocked me when it came out right. of my mouth. And she got up and stormed out of the room. But it was like, whatever we're looking at, we're only seeing a small portion. Yeah. Where everything's like an iceberg. You see a little bit sticking up on top. But there's a lot more going on underneath mm -hmm. that we're not understanding unless we have the sight. And even if we have the sight, it, it goes on and on and on and on and on as far as the connections, what happened, the interactions, etc. I mean, so, I, I you know, remember uh, uh, quite a number of you know, little images come to me of past lives. And I know I've been an executioner. I know I've been an assassin. I've been a number of things in my, in my past lives. 
But there was one common denominator along the way too, is that I was always there to awaken the souls. I was always there to help people, you know, whether it was to kill better or rather to live better. You know, it was always that common thread. And I think, you know, we're DNA coded right at the very, very beginning. And that DNA coding is always what's going to guide us through every lifetime. Absolutely. And um, what I talk about in the workshops, one of the things I talk about is Buddha reached enlightenment underneath the Bodhi tree because he became the polarities. He became the murdered and the murderer. He became all the polarities, all the extremes without judgment. And he blessed them all. And that's how he reached enlightenment. Because again, it's all illusion. Earth is the only planet that has the polarity. No, I've been told that no other planet has the polarity. There's other tests on other planets. And by the way, Earth is not kindergarten. A lot of people say, oh, Earth is kindergarten. Absolutely not. Earth is where the masters come to test themselves. Mm. And when it comes to sensuality, sexuality, um, uh, greed, power, um, it's very easy to get off balance here. And the test is to remain in balance and keep our heart open, be respectful, be responsible, and to learn to collaborate, work as a team, and co-create. And this is one of the things we're even doing now in the uh, the radio show is we're collaborating and co-creating in a very gentle, nurturing, supportive flow. And that's what it's about. You know, is uh, people, how many people listen to your shows? There's all those that are, are ready to hear um, because not everybody is ready to hear the information. And, you know, if that person will click on a show and it go, oh, I don't know, it's like a book, right? When I go to a bookstore, I allow a book to come and speak to me. And then I need to read that book. Um, it's the same with the shows. When you're ready to hear it, you'll click that button. But until then, you're not ready to hear it. And for some people, they may have to hear something several times before they finally get it. Absolutely. You know, and that's and the point. It's try, try, try again, right? You know, I tried it once and I gave it up. No. You know, it's keep trying in different ways, keep listening in different ways, keep try, you know, participating in different ways until that one thing connects with you. And then that will be the beginning of your journey to when many other things will connect with you. Sarah, it's so, so amazing because there are times when I've t- given talks and I'll, I'll talk to people afterwards and I will say, how did you like the part about this? And they say, well, you never said anything about that. And, they, and I just smile because they didn't get it. Yeah. But even if someone listens to this interview two, three, four, five, six times, each time they'll get a little more out of it. Mm-hmm. And they might even start getting information that's not even in the talk. Yes but will come through on other levels because other doorways and other um, portals will open up. Yeah. The more they understand or the more they immerse into it, that permission and opening up, the more that that divine knowledge can come in. Precisely. And we don't get divine knowledge unless we need it in that now, right? You know, it's not I'm going to download a whole load of information and you've got to store it on your computer. The divine gives you that knowledge you need in that moment for that moment, for those people, for that situation. And then, you know, it's don't worry about whether it's stored or not. When you need that information again, if you need that information again, it will come again if you're tuned in. Absolutely. 
<laughs> it's kind of you know remember that you know we've gone digital so everything now is push a button and it'll jump to the station when we used to be kind of be the analog and we had to turn the knob and i think that turning of the knob allowed us to get into those channels that were like hidden in between uh where those messages came through and i think you know we've got to just kind of knob it a little bit and keep turning until we find that frequency that speaks to us and then ride that wave and see where it goes Go ahead. No, no, that was it. <laughs> no, I'm agreeing with you. I'm totally agreeing with you. I'm, I'm just sitting. You can't see the big smile on my face. Actually, <laughs> um, I also want to talk about the, the fact that you do um, like 20 people in the workshops. Um, you know, I've had people say to me, you know, you need to p talk to big arenas and things. I said, no, I can't. Um, I'm an intimate person and I need to talk to small groups. I prefer being intimate and feeling that vibration and having people kind of get on a wavelength of vibration that feeds us all. If you're talking to big arenas, it is inclined to kind of get to hysterical level, but it doesn't get to a level where I believe that it resonates deep at the core and then allows it to grow in that individual. Well, it's I've spoken to groups over a thousand people and um, I can do that. However, when I'm working deeply with people, in order to create the safety and give them the attention, mm -hmm. um, that's where I choose a small group of 20 people, around 20 people. Um, private sessions, of course, one-on-one, -on -one, they're about an hour. And if people have a question, should I go take a workshop or a private session, I always say go to a workshop. Because in a workshop, I get to watch people over two days, um, and they go home at night, they process, they come back. Uh, what's really interesting is a lot of times in the beginning of the workshop, people scratch their head and go, Michael, what are you seeing? What are you doing? How are you doing it? But by the second day, they're actually tuning into the energy because you're, you're, yeah. you're creating a morphogenic field, and they're actually picking up seeing, feeling, and sensing what I am. So when I start saying something, they're already seeing it. Yeah. Um, I also do a fire walk at the end of the workshop, but I just do it with two pieces of tape on the ground. And one of the people that attended my workshop was actually the uh, regional manager for Tony Robbins. And he said, Michael, he said, walking the hot coals, the real hot coals is easy compared to what you're doing because you can track the person's thinking um, what the age is that the block came in, if they're hearing their mother, their father, whether they crash at the beginning of the firewalk, in the middle or at the end. So I'm actually monitoring the person's energy, which again, when I give them the feedback, it helps them to understand their patterns in life. And once they understand it and where it came from, then I can help them to just about instantly shift that. And then they walk the fire again and they can, you know, most of the time they can do it. But it's also about teaching them about manifestation. Yeah, exactly. You know, when we learn to kind of tune in and open up those channels, you know, um, and listening to the masters like yourself that put us on that path, as you said, the, you know, that you've taught your lesson and now, you know, they'll go and, and use that and maybe they'll meet somebody else that will teach them another lesson or maybe they'll come back to you for another level. The whole point is, is that's what people are there for, that collaboration. Um, sometimes it's just a question of being an ear. Sometimes a question of being an encouragement. Sometimes just having some information that somebody can't see, that somebody else can, that gives them that, aha, I just needed to know that. 
the whole point is that we are this beautiful weave um, of energy that goes together and when you know those signatures of people you know who to reach out to and that's really what it's about isn't it I, I, I have a story that wants to come through may I please yes, share it please do it, this one's very 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 embarrassing for me but it's <laughs> it's one of the greatest lessons of my life um, and I'm not even going to tell you where it happened but there was a, a talk I was giving and um, people were coming in the back of the auditorium and I saw this one woman coming in and she looked like a bag lady she looked like she lived on the streets and I was just noticing and going well where's she coming from and what is she doing in here and then she where does she walk she comes right down and sits right in front of me and um, again you know I apologize I'm judgmental I'm human and I went oh it is interesting anyway I do my two and a half hour talk or uh, and with demonstrations and this woman raises her hand but she's looking at the floor and she goes my 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 Michael I've been in 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 and in, out of mental institutions all my my life I'm 60 year, years old is there any hope for a person like me wow and Sarah in order to read her energy I had to open my heart and I did and I about burst into tears. And I said to her, I said, there's nothing wrong with you. I said, your mother was crazy, wasn't she? Yes, yes. And I said, all you wanted was a happy childhood, didn't you? Yes, yes. And I said, you never got it, did you? She said, no, no. And I said, what you did is in order to stabilize your mother's energy, you absorbed all of her craziness and I said, there's nothing wrong with you. And she wound up asking me if she could come to the workshop. She didn't have any money. And I, and I said, absolutely. Now, here's a woman, 60 years old-ish, had been in institutions all of her life, heavily medicated, drugged, never worked. And God knows how she got to the talk and um, came to the talk, came to the workshop. She worked her buns off. Two weeks after I left that area, I got a phone call from the coordinator in that area that this woman got a job in Pizza Hut. Now, for us, maybe that's not um, the best job in the world. However, this is woman's first job, and she's okay. 60 years old. Yeah. She came off her medication. She started taking care of herself a lot better. And, you know, I, I take a look at some of the people that I've worked with, some of the 30,000 plus people I've worked with, and I go, thank you, God, for letting me be an instrument. Thank you for letting me be part of the miracle of the transformation of these people, because, I mean, these people were my teachers. I mean, I know that they were helped, but it's like, oh my God, the changes. And I wanted, there's another story, there was a woman who came to a talk and she had her 11 year old daughter and I thought the daughter was a hunchback because you know how a turtle pulls its head in a shell mm -hmm. this woman's head her shoulders were up the, above her ears and I thought she had a physical disability well for whatever reason spirit asked me to use her as a uh, um, um, as an example in one of my talks and I asked if she could come on stage and um, 
found out um, that she had been sexually abused by her father. Her mother wouldn't let her father see the child. And the child was angry with the mother and thought she had done. Anyway, there was all these emotions. Fifteen minutes later, her head came out and she was normal. There was no physical disability. So, I mean, like I said, I've got hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of stories that are just amazing to me to to realize how easy it is. Even um, there was a company that I worked with over in Southeast Asia uh, where the guy was having trouble. And I, I can't remember um, what, what the, the situation was, but he asked me to walk through his company. I was able to figure out just by walking through the company what was wrong and um, he could have tripled his earnings. Uh, it would have uh, doubled his, okay, his sales were 1.4 million and I just walked through the company. I didn't look at the books. I didn't talk to anyone. I said, you should be at 4 million in sales. He said, how did you know that? And I said, well, that's my intuition. So the intuition can come through in many different ways, and also I was able to tell him what he needed to do to change that. And a lot of times it's not a major, major things that need to change. It's minor adjustments that can maximize potential. Mm-hmm. And that's with an individual, it's with an organization, it's with a company, Um Anyway, I, I, I just Shifts get it. of energy. Actually, I want to go back to, to, to the other right. women. Is that we don't realize how much our emotional pain, not only our own, but what we take on around us, cripples our Absolutely. body. And Absolutely. It cripples our mind. It locks us into this, this creature that we're not meant to be. And when that person releases us, and, you know, as you said, you've turned around, you you're, there's nothing wrong with you. It's it's it was your mother's pain, and and you release that. It's amazing what happens to the person's body, the person's mind. And you know, as again, rather like with my release, it's not I'm now my own person, and m- my free will is there. And we don't realize how much we carry, or even how much even past life signatures that we carry, and we don't understand it. And we you know we need those experts to, who can see that and and change that channel. And as you said, with the business, if you're in your business, you're in it. You're not stepping out on the outside, being able to look in and see what the issue is. So you need somebody who can see it, you know, with just turn that dial, turn that dial. And now you've got the mainstream. And that's why you're called the master. Well, for me, it's the way I describe it. It's I go up in my um, helicopter. I go up in a hot air balloon and I can look down I can see the forest from the trees mm-hmm. because I've had so many different um, I also work with the state of Oregon small business development center as a lead consultant plus I've got a master's in international management plus I had my own oil drilling and exploration company my own book publishing book distribution company etc 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 and a lot of other things so I've got this broad background and spirit came through and said Uh, Because I was ready to leave the planet uh, about six years ago. And Spirit came through and said, we want you to commit to another 30 years. And I said, are you kidding? I'm tired. I want to go home. And they said, Michael, you've got the background in business. You've got the background in spirituality. You've got the background in healing. We need boots on the ground. We need people 
that can help, and I don't want to necessarily say lead the new change, but we they needed people that had expertise in many different areas. And liked uh, it. <laughs> yeah, so I, I said, okay, I'll stay. And I, you know, I did ask for a, a partner in financial abundance and um, be able to do my work uh, in a good and sacred way. So um, there's there's nothing wrong with abundance as long as it's done in a way where money doesn't become our god. Yeah. And we're not using it to put other people down or to rub it in other people's face. Exactly. There's there's something. Uh, there's two, you know, leaders out there right now. There's the Pope, and you know, and he says, "I don't care what faith you are, as long as it's based in love and kindness." And he's such a progressive Pope. It's exactly what we need right now. And you know, I'm a I'm a Bernie Sanders fan, and the reason why is that when he was asked about his faith, he said, "Yeah, I'm Jewish." But he said, I'm of no particular religion. My religion is unity. You hurt, I hurt. You succeed, I succeed. It is togetherness. And that is completely my um, particular type of faith as well, is that with each of us raising our vibration, with each of us living and honoring our own meaningful purpose, with each of us embracing our heart and our soul and our spirit, we've raised that global vibration. We've become the healers, the solutioners, the uh, inspirers for others and if each one of us took that responsibility of our own being and and shed our own light we would actually be a very beautiful bright world without any of this hate and Absolutely. war so it is up to each and every one of us isn't it if if we all because i've been to so many different different countries because i've been in so many different cultures um you know, I'm a global citizen. If we think globally, if yes. we think what's good for everyone, how do we, how do we do win-win-win? Another, a lot of people talk these things, but when it comes down to it, they, they, they're not playing a big enough game. Um, so I consider myself uh, an intergalactic universalist. People say, well, what's your religion? Well, I'm an intergalactic universalist. <laughs> yeah, I love and, that. <laughs> and, and, uh, and what about, you know, which country were you born in? And, and what, what, you know, they want to put a label on you. And it's like, you know, no, you know, I'm a global citizen. I, I believe that we all need to work together. And, if we created the think tanks, these spiritual um, SWAT teams, we can go into places all over the world that need healing, and we could create miracles left and right, financial miracles, medical miracles, um, healing the land. Um, um, there's lots of stories of people just meditating, and the crime rate goes down. So it, there's so much we could do, and... What it takes is for us to be big enough to say, let's do it together. And the cook, the janitor, the secretary is no less important Thank you. than the CEO. Yeah. And a it's lot a of times... It's a village. Absolutely. Right? You know, and everybody in that, that village is only as strong as everybody's participation, everybody's skill. And it's not about how rich this per this person or that person is. How enriched is your village? How much are you honoring that person's skill? How much are you collaborating, working, protecting, looking after, and celebrating each other? 
because that's what makes your community great. And why can't we look upon the world as a global village? One of the things that, that my heart has been uh, really pining for is where is my, where are my people? Where, yeah. where, where <laughs> is my soul group? Where is oh, my God, family? Yes. <laughs> because my blood family sure as hell didn't understand me. Oh, yeah. And I sure didn't fit into my blood family. So it's like, okay, um, I, I needed a place to come in and I chose those, those that family and they're really a great family for <laughs> learning lessons and where are the people that resonate with my soul where are the people that I don't even have to talk to we just look at each other we understand each other um, that we go places and it doesn't matter who's got the bread who's got the car who's got yeah. whatever that it we share it in a joyful manner where it's not even a question and um, the the dream is to be able to do that in partnership in business, partnership in relationship, partnership in community, partnership in co-creation, um, all those things. Well, you're um, sharing the same dream with me. That is entirely my passion, and this is entirely what I'm doing with the station, is you know to bring those people together, to connect this beautiful, fine web of you know like-souled people who are out there to, to collaborate, celebrate, and walk alongside each other and embrace each other's skill and expertise because I'm with you there um, and you know we're also on the same personal soul journey um, you know I'm willing to stay here for another 30 years um, and be what I am meant to be because I think I've just come into my own now I've really come into my purpose now um, but yes I've made the same you know the same requests um, it would be lovely to have someone to love I love everybody but someone to love and to have, but for me, it's also about the traveling now too, physically again, because uh, th there's so many beautiful cultures in the world and the internet has really brought those cultures together, which is wonderful. But I want to personally celebrate, you know, Sarah, some of cultures. Sarah, remember I talked about the seven income streams? Yes, but it sounds like I'm going to be working too hard to travel. No, no, <laughs> no, no, Sarah. One of those income streams is Sacred Journeys, Yeah, which I would love to do with you. Oh, that would be great. That would be and, great. Well, you've got a soul sister here, that's for sure. Because I've led trips to Egypt, I've led trips to Peru, and I've been to a lot of the other places. Another thing, Sarah, that's, that's really amazing, and we have it right here in the United States, is a sacred journey to the Native American sites. Mm -hmm. And I've lived in Sedona. I've lived in Taos. I've lived in Santa Fe. I've I've traveled throughout all these lands. So um, I would love to put together a journey right here. However, there's also other journeys around the world. Yes, which uh, would be absolutely fantastic. And in those journeys, you can teach intuition training. You could also do the healing and the clearing of the people on the same journey. Right. So it's. It's it's not either or, it's and. Yes, yes. Well, that's what I'm poised for. I know for me that this year is the year that's going to be pointing that direction. So I'm um, open and willing and able and inv inviting, you know, whatever is meant to be. So I'm game. And that's what we really have to be, isn't it? Don't dictate. You can put out a wish, you can put out a desire, but then you've got to be open to how it's going to come 
And it's really more putting out the way you want to feel, isn't it? This is how I want to feel. However you make me feel that way, I am open to receive. And if it happens to be, oh, you're up in a rocket ship up to the moon, okay, if that's going to make me feel good. <laughs> but be open. Be open uh, to what it is and trust your soul. Trust your gut. Will you please tell everybody now, because we uh, really need to come to an end of it. We'll have to do another <laughs> one. Um, but how people can get hold of you, how they can book you for a speaking engagement, your workshops, um, and fly you wherever they need to in the world uh, for your expertise. Okay. Um, my name is Michael, M-I-C-H-A-E-L, Bradford, B-R-A-D-F-O-R-D. I'm on Facebook under Michael Bradford Global with no spaces, okay? Uh, my Skype address is Michael period Bradford period global. Uh, my phone number is in the United States, I'm in Virginia Beach now, 760-844-2777. Um, and I'm on the East Coast. And my email is M as in Mary, E as in Echo, B as in Bravo, R as in Romeo, A as in Apple, D as in David, F as in Frank, 789 at AOL.com. Um, I'm on LinkedIn uh, under Michael Bradford. And, um, and I think you YouTube, it. which has an awful lot of stuff oh, on yes, it as YouTube. well. Um, YouTube, I'm getting my own channel. Uh, it's under The Michael Bradford or if it's going to, uh, I'm doing my best to have it up this weekend, a professional channel, which again would be Michael Bradford Global. So um, I will, uh, for the, any, of the, the, any of those of you who would be willing to contact me, I'm more than happy to send you a gift of a PDF file of creating uh, or facilitating miracle healings, and I'll also give you the list of the YouTube channel uh, videos, um, and that's a gift for free. Wonderful. So I want to thank everybody for listening, and I really honor Sarah for being so open, present, willing, vulnerable, um, and actually I think she's extremely wealthy in many, many different ways, and I'm holding that energy for her. Um, and um, any ideas you have, anything you'd like to share, please feel comfortable doing that, and all I have to say is God bless you, and I, I wish you a gentle journey. And this above all, to thine own self be true. And be gentle and kind to yourself. This is all I ask, and that's all that Spirit asks. Be Thanks. gentle and kind to yourself. And that's where it starts. That's where it all starts. That's where your journey starts. And, uh, you know, when you are, give yourself a break. Be kind to yourself. Um, that's when you really start following that beautiful journey and uh, life is an adventure don't be afraid to walk it right absolutely well thank you Michael this has been wonderful we could carry on talking for hours but clearly going to have to do another <laughs> show <laughs> uh, the hour show has gone to an hour and a half and it could continue on but we're going to put the brakes on here and we'll come back to you again with another show down the road um, truly a delight
like to talk to a soul brother um, and uh, yes you know we're looking for that soul family those people that are willing to step up and say I am soul I am spirit I am purpose and uh, it let us make this world the better place it can be and it all starts with us so thank you Michael and to everybody else start off by being kind to yourself